So um, uh, anytime you want to get started is fine by me, unless we're recording already. Um, I was. Uh, I might throw some of this in, but I'll, I'll do the official intro now. Okay. Not to get all stiff on you or anything. <laughs> no, no, no. We just should do it. <laughs> Got to do your, uh, what's the old, what's the old term? The uh, call, the call sign for the radio station. Yeah, you know? exactly. This is, yeah. w, this is W-K-R-D-O-O-M. <laughs> Diary of Doom. I'm your cypher Dylan and join me as we look back on the rich history of doom metal and its sister sounds based on the recounted tales of its followers. Every week we'll have a different guest to spin their yarn. You can visit the website at diaryofdoom.com, follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, follow the podcast on diaryofdoom.podbean.com and subscribe and listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all the other sketchy podcast websites. Uh, if you have a question or anything, you can fire off an email to diaryofdoom1968 at gmail.com. Uh, joining us for this week's chapter is Earl Holloway, who's the artist behind all of the crazy uh can artwork for KCBC, which is uh, a brewery localish to me, um, but I've been there quite a few times. Earl also digs a lot of heavy metal, which kind of makes sense. So thanks for coming on the show, Earl. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Earl also did a badass piece of artwork um, that my awesome girlfriend commissioned him for that looks like it should be for on a on a beer can label, but it's amazing you can see it on my instagram page and earl's instagram page um but yeah it's uh it's awesome like i actually have the, the um the the file as my desktop so i get to see it all the time oh nice yeah that was uh that was a that was like a, a really big piece that i was very sorry to see go selfishly for sure <laughs> but um, i'm glad it's i'm glad it's got a good home always you know just nice nice to know that it's nearby uh, that it got to where it's going. I'm sure Sarah had a lot of fun trying to get that thing in the car <laughs> downstairs. <laughs> yeah, I, she told me it was like uh, uh, just a slight pain in the butt, but not too yeah. bad. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I when, was, I, when I when yeah. I started, it, I was like, I think I'm going to do this really big because why not? And then <laughs> I was like, oh, right. Yeah. The person that is going to pick it up is going to really kind of hate this for a little bit. For sure. <laughs> I think I think she said to me, I was just not anticipating how large it was. So uh that was pretty funny. And I didn't I didn't know what it was either. I was just like, you know, I was like, I don't know, man. I, I have no guesses. So I yeah. was very surprised when I got it. But yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Um it's called Baron Ruin. Definitely some major sleep inspirations there, but has enough I think it has lots of character uh to make it stand out against that you know kind of in a world of artwork there's a lot of similar stuff to that you know kind of set the standard for stoner metal and whatnot um but yeah that one rules and it's it's awesome to look at it and it's cool to see it like not in color 
and I'm like, oh, what would this look like in color? It would look so neat. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, uh, I'm glad that when we first started talking about this, uh, this commission piece um, was just like, uh, the minute like Dope Smoker came up, I was like, oh, that's, that's great. I'm like, a, I'm a, I just really a huge fan of Eric Roper's work. So like, just the idea of being able to like expand on uh, something that he already laid out was like a lot of fun to create a net, like to create that narrative that's in that, that piece of artwork where, you know, those, those dope smokers are walking around in a, like through the decline of a, an advanced civilization that came before them kind of a thing. That was the, the idea for the piece. So, mm -hmm. uh, which kind of, to me, made sense, like sort of like, ru like ruined, like ruined tech, um, mm -hmm. with like a dark, like dark age undertones, I guess mm -hmm. um, that's, that's just kind of what I get from looking at his, at his artwork. Yeah. There's something about his art that has like, it's, it's fantasy and sci-fi at the, I mean, obviously there's a lot of bleed over, but it's, uh, it's just, it captures that uh, era of like, I am assuming is like the seventies and sixties artwork style, but it has like, it has just a characteristic all to his own. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, any anytime anybody uh, anytime anybody like um, draws a lot of like uh, uh, inf inspiration or source material from like a certain era of of artwork, um, a visual artwork, just like music, you can kind of see like who their influences are. You know, like when you look at somebody's work, mm -hmm. uh, you're like, oh, uh, you know, that's cool. That guy, I I I know who I know who he this person looked at or like what he might have been inspired by. So it was it was fun to imagine that too while I was doing it. Um, cause I, I did, I also look back to science, like basically like full, like full blown artwork from the, uh, yeah, pretty much like the early eighties, late seventies, mm -hmm. I guess but that's where I would, that's where I drew some of the, from some of the inspiration from, for that piece for sure. Yeah. Oh, we should talk about, uh, your, how you got started as, as an artist. Um, so like when, like we're what was your earliest experience like with or around artwork was art was being an artist something that you knew you wanted to do from a younger age did you find it like kind of later on did you find your calling yeah there's um uh you know just like everything else there's really no like a, there's like no equation to how mm -hmm. something like came to be or whatever but uh i would say the the first time I started to look at artwork, I believe was probably through a combination of like comic books and um, like, like, uh, like the, uh, uh, the like theater culture. Basically, mm -hmm. um, my mother was my, my parents were like, definitely like kind of hippie-ish. I grew up in San Francisco uh, on a, on a hill called Potrero Hill. And um, it was like in a, it was on a block that was kind of like mixed use, um, mixed use, meaning like partially residential, but then like there was an importing exporting warehouse. And then there was, uh, an auto body detailing shop. And then there was like a theatrical fabrication studio, like on the same block. And then like a, a junkyard at the end of it kind of a thing. So it was kind of like a mixed use. Um, I don't know, pre pre gentrification, street or something in san francisco i don't know i don't know i don't really know how to describe it uh but yeah it was uh it was an interesting block and i think i um uh, seeing theater and then seeing people build things um uh, on the block and then also the auto body detailing 
the the auto body detailing shop uh didn't just do um repairs and stuff like that like they they had like somebody that would do um like murals on the back of people's cars because oh the, wow the auto body shop was right near uh, we didn't live in the mission uh the mission district but we were pretty close to it so there's like a really uh, really heavy mexican uh influence uh like in this in this part of san francisco um, so a lot of guys would bring their, uh, they would bring their cars over from the mission to get repaired or like have details done, um, in the shop that was like right next to me. So I, you could just kind of walk by and be like, Whoa, look at that. It, you know, it's not my thing, but it's a giant mural of the Virgin Mary, like on the back of a, <laughs> a, a car, you know, and you're like, wow, that's, it's hand painted. Somebody had like, you know, while guys are like replacing mufflers and like buffing stuff, there's also. A, a guy with like an airbrush cart, <laughs> like, you know, doing the detailing, uh, after they're finished with all the, all the, all the repairs and stuff like that. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool block, like a nice, a nice mix, uh, a nice mix of stuff. Um, and then, um, yeah, I just kind of like stuck to the drawing. Uh, I was like, uh, I was definitely like, um, an inside kid. Um, when I wasn't, outside there was just like a lot of time to myself my sister is about four years older than me so she became a teenager and was like definitely on the other side of san francisco with her friends and her boyfriend mm -hmm. and stuff like that just like filled up sketchbooks and stuff like that and then started to sort of gravitate definitely gravitate more heavily towards uh, uh comic books from i would say like junior high all the way through to like senior year in high school, uh, I put some books together with friends and this is, this is, uh, this is the era when you had to like, um, you would bankrupt yourself, um, or I'd have to rob like a relative in order to afford printing to make comic books. So like, um, I had to basically go to, uh, places like, um, uh, Kinko's and stuff like that to make, to make these comic books, uh, with a friend of mine. So yeah, I did a lot of that in high school and then eventually went to art school. I went into the military and all this kind of stuff and like kind of like fucked off for like two years after high school. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I just kind of did whatever kind of jobs were that came to me, just kind of wandered around like that and then and then went in the military and then kind of gravitated towards gravitated back towards uh, artwork and stuff like that in school. So um this is this is becoming a long story i apologize <laughs> oh, that's all good um and then uh yeah uh, leaving art school doing like a little like a little freelance illustration stuff and you know just like everybody else um involved in any kind of uh, uh any kind of art in general just um that's the it's that's the the thing that you do at night that's like your side project uh you just you, you go home and you whatever job you're at you stop that and then you eat some dinner and then you uh, try to do something at night. I just sort of kept doing that for a while. And then I really started to gravitate back towards comic books, uh, started to self publish again, um, started to get some freelance jobs here and there. And then KCBC, I don't want to say like right out, like, I don't want to say like out of left field or anything like that, but I was, I was so not a part of the craft beer community that I was like, labels yeah sure i'll i'll do a label for you guys i thought it was like a one-off i didn't realize that they wanted multiple labels uh i spent a lot of time like trying to make a single 
like when they said they wanted a beer label, I was like, oh, like like Anchor Steam, like with the Anchor where it's just that and it's that for 100 years or whatever. And they're like, no, no, we want like full-blown illustrations. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I kind of like switched gears and, and started working like that. And then they just wanted more and more. So now I'm up to 400. Wow. Yeah. I think 400 labels, something like that. If it's if it's not going to clock in at 400, it's just under or probably over. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. Because it's been going on since 2018, 18, 19, 20, 21. Yeah, that sounds right. It's all a blur. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when I went full time, because it, then it was just like the wheels were off. I was just like, wait, you mean my life now is just deadlines like execution dates that's pretty awesome um i can really sort of all this project-based stuff now i can really like concentrate on just hitting that target i don't have to worry about uh being late somewhere or if i if i can't work during the day i can stay up until four o'clock in the morning stuff like that which is uh nice i think it suits my personality for sure right on. it's just a little easier yeah a little easier work schedule in that way you know for sure yeah yeah i mean it doesn't surprise me that comic books are like big influence but like you know i definitely get like total jack kirby vibes from some of the stuff so i definitely feel like he's an influence on your on your work and you know he I, like i love and uh, i love kirby he's definitely not the first time this is definitely not the first time that he's been brought up on this podcast and you know he he kind of is like you know uh, he predates like sort of the roper approach because like his space stuff and sci-fi i mean that's like that stuff is so iconic like the kirby dots love me some kirby dots mm -hmm. um kirby crackle <laughs> yeah kirby crackle all that stuff i mean you yeah. look at that and like you just you know you look at any metal album that involves like a spaceship or aliens and there's bound to be some semblance of like some kirby stuff in there he had been at it i think he had he had been at it for so long and i think he worked so hard that what um uh a lot of a lot of other comic book artists were like, "Oh, space! It's black with like little white dots in the background," you know. Mm -hmm. And and he was you know, like, it's like you know him him. Let's see him. Uh, this guy named uh, this guy named uh, uh, John Buscema also. Oh yeah, John uh, from, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So from the same era, kind of. Oh yeah, um, I'm, I'm comic books. <laughs> oh yeah, nice. Okay, so yeah, like I uh, like Kirby laid that world out, and then like and then just like I do, like it just people started to riff on it and like expand it and like perfect it and kind of do their own take on, on this language that he already laid down. Cause I mean, Jack Kirby is one of those guys who like, in terms of, in terms of serialized comic books, uh, image making in that regard, um, definitely like one of the first people to actually like establish the way of working, you know, like to, to, to make a comic mm -hmm. book, um, Mm -hmm. which is like, so yes, uh, somebody being there on the ground floor, um, uh, being able to experiment at the level that he did, uh, and work, work for so long. Um, yeah, I mean, it really, it, it paid off because his, his stuff is really crazy. Not like nowadays it's like a lot easier. I think, uh, companies have understood that like, oh, Hey, you know, people are interested in, in the things that came before. Like we don't, you, you can do that. Like you can, there's a market for that, uh, before, before that, you you had to buy uh, trade paperbacks were yep. very very rare. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. very seldom. Like so, you'd go to a comic book shop and there'd be like 
there'd be there'd be the Phoenix saga by John by uh, by John Byrne and and Chris Claremont, but like it was there was only one copy and it looked like somebody peed on it and like <laughs> like people have read through it a, a, like a hundred times or whatever. Uh, so so they were around, but you had to kind of like run back issues down. And I do remember yeah. going out of my way to buy um, some Jack Kirby stuff and some Steve Ditko stuff from that era too. Um, which is funny because in, in retrospect, um, like this isn't a competition, but like there was something about them that I really liked, even though I can't, even though I came up with during a certain era where people were like really into like Mark Silvestri, Jim Lee, uh, yeah, Rob the Lattel, hyper, hyper realism, the, yeah, the, those the, are, yeah. Image days. Yeah. Those are incredible. I mean, I, I own several, uh, and definitely inspired by those guys too. Uh, but I always, I, I always wanted to like go back and like, look at that stuff. Like, well, what did, what did it, what did it look like the first time around, you know, uh, to see like how the characters grew or the visual language that was created mm -hmm. to like make these characters stronger. Um, because those characters, like if you see the first Wolverine, it's, it looks like a Halloween costume. He's like in the incredible Hulk and he has like, yeah, he looks I'm pretty, pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he has whiskers. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> He's like, it looks like a cat, you know, and yeah. you're like, that's not Wolverine. And you're like, oh, because it's evolved and like become like more refined over the, over time, you know, it's always fun to look at that kind of stuff. Uh, I do have some artist editions, like oversized, uh, IDW puts out these like yeah, big yeah. 11 by 17 books. Uh, so you can see these original, you know, original art. Um, mm -hmm. I do have some, I have some Walter Simonson Thor stuff. I have a uh, silver surfer, some Jack Kirby, you know, stuff like that. They, they, I don't part, own one of those, but they knock it out of the park. Like I've seen people show like that stuff and it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's crazy. Like I can't remember his name now and that's, that's kind of, that's, that's messed up. I should know the guy's name at this point, but like he, you know, he, he runs all over the country to like actually track down, um, track down the, the original art to get like, uh, to get scans made of it and stuff. Um, Cause that stuff's not just there. He doesn't go, he doesn't go somewhere and, you know, just look at the archive and, and, and take from it. He has to actually track them down and like go find the owners of the comic book pages to get them to scan them and all this kind of stuff. So it's like a whole thing. Yeah. I'm trying to remember his name too. Um, yeah. It's bad that I don't know his name. <laughs> John, you know, I was John Barber. That might be it. Yeah. Or Jerry. Ben I don't know. He's the editor in chief. So I'm assuming he's the guy that does it. Yeah. There's a, um, the only reason why I was even thinking of that is because I read, I, I just read a blurb about um, uh, Jim Lee's X-Men uh, artist edition came out uh, like two months ago. And I've been kind of like looking at that from a distance, like, oh yeah, I, I could potentially buy that without making my wife really angry at me. Um, <laughs> or you could, or you could not. <laughs> yeah, I could not, and then everything will be fine. Um, it's just like yeah. I don't need another band shirt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and also, like with books, there's like a room issue, you know? Like, I, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure my bookshelf is eventually going to fall off the wall. Um, it's only a matter yeah. of time. Yeah, it's like this. It's like. I mean, I'm definitely not as bad as some people with vinyl for sure, but like all the stuff that I want to, I'm just like, I know I don't like want or need, or some of it's just like not even going to be good, but I'm like, mm -hmm. I can't say no. This is so, this is so cool. You know, it's going from one person to the next and mm -hmm. yeah. So I, I get it. Yeah. You don't want it to be garbage. There's part of that. You don't want it to go into the trash, you know, like 
you're like, that's still a record. You can hear stuff on it, you know, like you don't want it to, you don't want it yeah. to go away, you know? Yeah. It's like, this is a document of the time, you know? And it's like this, this went through an experience that like an MP3 is never going to, yeah. like it was physically <laughs> handed off and, yeah. you know, so like it was made, there was labor involved. Somebody got mm -hmm. paid for it across the board and then, Oh, MP3, like you pissed off Lars Ulrich. That's yeah. You know, like <laughs> that's its, that's its claim to fame. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> when I talked to um, uh, not sure, I don't know if you're familiar with him, Brian Mercer, he said he had a lot of respect for Kirby too, but he was like, I can never do a monthly deadline. Like I can't do it. Um, but you obviously have published comics, um, uh, self-published, and done some other work. And like I, I was an intern at Marvel for a couple of years, and it is insane. Like what is required to get all this stuff done and the steps and how virtually just like every single day is a deadline for them. Cause they have so many titles that they have to get out. Yeah. Uh, so like, is, is that something that you've, that's sort of like, you know, you obviously you, you have the KCBC gig. So like you have a little more freedom to say like, okay, well I have a stable thing here and it's a little bit different. You know, I could put some time into doing this but is, is that something that's turned you off about the comic book industry? Just like the deadlines and stuff like that? Um, I think for me, what ended up happening was uh, I, I had never really, there's like this weird thing that happens when you're younger. Um, it's, it, it's unfortunate. I think it's like, I, th I think this might actually separate. Um, this might separate some people from other people in this regard where like um, I took the rejection personally, like um not as a form of like being able to con uh, to to get better at constructing there was there was something there was something about it at the time that like made me want to like made me want to turn off i guess yeah um i like didn't i didn't i wasn't in the right headspace uh but yeah like there's there there's there's no there's no aversion i don't think there's any aversion for for me to do that i think um the the beer label artwork with kcbc is just something that kind of like through through all the work I was doing, like essentially like fell in my lap. So I was like, well, I'm just gonna take advantage of this because I'll actually be able to get stronger at putting images together. Um, I, I'll be able to, when I first started working, I, I was like, okay, if I'm gonna do this, I wanna make sure that I'm getting something out of it other than just paid. So I, I took labels, I pretty much take every label as a challenge um, and I can see them, I can see them getting better there are, there are some stinkers, you know, like everything else. There's, yeah. <laughs> there's just the one where, Hey, this didn't, this one didn't work out. Oops. You know? Uh, but for the most part, like just really trying to, trying to push the, the, the artwork, uh, when I can on that label. Um, and I do have, sometimes I do work freelance, but as you're saying, like, I've never done like a, I've never done, I've never done like a, a month, a monthly comic. Like when I was doing, when I was doing my self-published stuff, I did have the, the, the leisure of being able to like work on it when I could. And then it just kind of comes out when it comes out. And that's, that's the best I can do right now because, you know, life gets in the way, you know, especially if you had like a, a at a full-time job at the time. So it definitely got like subordinated to all the other right. stuff that we get done. But yeah, like I have, I've done some stuff for uh, Bethesda. It's like a video game company. Oh yeah, um, I've been playing a fuck ton of Skyrim lately. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. <laughs> so that rage, that rage series, like Rage One and Two. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. 
uh, if you look in the credits, <laughs> that's as close as I got. But if you look at the credits, there's like as the credits are rolling, which I think is kind of cool. Whoever's baked out of their skull and exhausted and has finished that game in the middle of the night <laughs> is going to see these comic book pages come up that sort of come up and, and you know, they're, they're there and they pause and then they flip over and move away. And then another one comes up. Uh, so I, I did that work for them. So that so that was a lot of fun. Um, a little bit stricter, a little bit more stricter of a deadline. And then also um, just working with people that I hadn't worked with before. So there's like a lot of uh, just like things that needed to be worked out in terms of communication and stuff like that. Like uh, it was like a European company. So like mm -hmm. they were always on vacation. <laughs> uh, okay. like, I, like it was like, I didn't realize that you guys going on break for the holidays meant all of December. Like they just were not, they weren't available. And I was oh, like, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, Europe oh. actually has like work yeah. life balance uh, yeah. relationships as opposed yeah. to like us here where, you know, it's just, you're grinding and hustling your entire yeah. life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was like, oops. Uh, so these guys aren't responding. So this is going to be late. <laughs> so then I just kind of, I spent more time. I was like, well, I can't do anything about it. It's just late. They don't seem to mind. So I guess I don't. It's kind of a weird spot to be in. I had never experienced that before. But to answer your question, uh, uh, to answer your question a little bit more concisely, uh, now I'm now that I'm at the end of a giant long spiel, is uh, I would love to work in comics or science fiction in some capacity. I think would also be a lot of fun too. Maybe as the maybe as my work with KCBC sort of evolves, I might be able to get more. I might be able to get a little bit more time to do something like that. Um, we'll see. I don't know. The future is is there. We'll uh, we'll see what happens. I don't know, <laughs> but they don't seem to be tired of my artwork, so that's good. <laughs> um, they they seem to be doing okay, which is good. So yeah, the labels are going to keep coming. I'm working. I have two due at the end of uh, the end of the upcoming week. So yeah, plugging away. You, yeah, you said that you were not really into craft beer before KCBC, which um kind of surprised me but then again it really doesn't um because you probably were just like yeah sure sounds great you know like <laughs> i I'll, I'll definitely do it you know and it, it kind of it, it just like kind of made me giggle because um you know the craft beer industry kind of like the metal you know the metal scene is kind of funny because you have a lot of like purists and whatnot but uh, when I, I was, uh, I'll probably mention him again. Like I was talking to Jason Paris from Wake Brewing and he's at one point in our conversation, he said like, dude, I still drink fucking PBR when I'm hanging out. <laughs> like it's no, you know, like yeah. I don't give a shit. Like we make this beer, but I have not forgotten that part of it. So like, yeah, for sure. Is that kind of where you were before that? Like you were just like, I'm, this is all new to me. You know how they always say, like, uh, you know, in in, in all of uh, in in sit in cities, like, uh, for, with for with all of their pluralism, they are actually very provincial. So I don't know, I don't know what other people's experiences are, but like, if you're not really paying attention to craft beer uh, in New York, it doesn't. It almost kind of doesn't matter because you will come across it anyway, just because yeah. there's so many restaurants and like small, like small beer shops and stuff like that. Um, so I. Like, I don't know if that kind of stuff happens elsewhere, but like, I, you know, I did like, I, I would just come across beer and I'd be like, oh, this is actually really good. I didn't, I guess I didn't think that it, I didn't think about it being a craft, like a, like a craft beer. I, I did know of it, but I just didn't know how, uh, maybe I didn't know how extensive it was or, or 
uh, it actually was very small when I was paying attention to it, which is mm -hmm. also a thing too, because I do remember there was a time I'm not, I'm not sure where they're at now in terms of size, but there was a brewery called Kelso in, uh, in yeah. New York. That was like, I, th when I first started drinking Kelso, uh, cause I'm a really big Pilsner fan, especially when it's like really flowery and a little on the hoppy side, I'm pretty sure you could only get Kelso in growlers. Like you could only, you could only drink it on tap wow. in bars or you could only get it in a growler. Wow. Uh, I, I hate to say it, but uh, like at the point, like, cause I worked in a, in a wine shop and in New Jersey, it's all under one roof. It's not like in New York where liquor and wine are at the liquor store and beer mm -hmm. is at the beer store. Um, and I mean, I remember going through the boom and, you know, we had Kelso too, and we, we couldn't pay people to buy it. <laughs> like it, it did not survive the New, Jersey <laughs> the New Jersey markets, you know, I'm sure it's still fine yeah. in New York. Like actually yeah. Sarah's a big fan of the Kelso Brown. Mm -hmm. Um, but it definitely was one of those breweries. that seemed like it was sticking to kind of its roots when, you know, you've got like, I mean, I'm drinking single cut, right? Like right yeah. now. And, yeah. um, and I like them a lot, but you know, that's just all these, you know, it's, I don't know what you want to call it. The cutting edge of, of beer. Right. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how, like, I actually don't know how that works. Like I, I, I talked to the sales, I talked to salespeople that are involved in KCBC or they work, sorry, they work for KCBC or something. And, um, it's always like, there's like, there's just like, it seems to be like guess. It seems to be like guesswork with brewery sometimes like, um, right now threes brewery, uh, actually one of my neighbors now is like a sales rep for uh threes brewery and it's from Indiana and they've like, they're just, they're starting to, to come out here to distribute and. Oh, a different threes. Uh, yeah. Not, I'm just like, kinda, not like the threes down. Where is that in Gowanus? Uh, not, no, not, yo, no, not Gowanus. This one is, um, ah, oh, shit. I can't remember the name. It's like, uh, I want to say it's like 45 minutes away from Chicago, like right on the Illinois, uh, Illinois, uh, is it Indiana three Floyds? Three, I'm sorry, three Floyds. Oh sorry. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, See, this yeah, is exactly, no. so now you know who I am, Dylan. It's like, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I'm gonna like confuse people by trying to talk to them about craft beer and I work for craft beer. Artist like, first, beer drinker second. <laughs> Yeah. So like they're, they're here, you know, they're here now yeah. and I see them and I'm just, you know, you're always you're, like, you're like, you're saying with Kelso and Jersey, you're just like, I wonder if, like, I wonder if it's going to stick. Like, um, they're, they're a very big brewery. Uh, they, they make a lot of, they just make a lot for of the sheer like dedication of, of heavy metal beer nerds. I think so. Yeah. I think the, I think they got a shoe in the door. Um, yeah. Yeah. Visually vibe wise. Yeah. I have a feeling you're probably right. And I, I just, I do see it a little bit more frequently. Before it was like at a couple places and now it's like, I, I do see it kind of gaining steam. So, yeah. It's funny to think how, the, how much it's changed. I mean, I, you know, like in 2012 was still back when dogfish 120 minute was like a big deal. And yeah. then it was, it's wild to me that I can kind of play it through my head backwards and watch the interest in it wane. It's, mm -hmm. it's really insane. Like, and to think of all the distro and all these breweries and i go into shops and i'm like there's so many like in new york alone you know yeah. it could be like a private operation i mean it's great but it's it's just it's changed so much yeah it's crazy it's crazy the uh uh for me i think it was um uh dead guy ale and then yeah. uh one of the bartenders at kcbc he and i talk about it this guy named phil who's uh 
he's been living in New York City since like the mid '90s or whatever. Uh, so have I. And like, he's like, do you remember that time in 2006 where the only IPA available on tap was uh, was uh, Six Point Sweet Action? You know? And I'm like, yeah, I I do remember that. I remember <laughs> I remember that being the only. If you were going to go, if you went to a craft, if you went to a, a, a bar, like a beer bar, because because that that had just started in the, at that era, uh, you would be hard pressed uh, to find uh, very much local beer outside of outside of places like Six Point, like really, really early New York breweries. Uh, and yeah, Sweet Action was like default IPA for like, I don't even know, like five years or something, you know, mm -hmm. um, I've drank a shit ton of that beer. Yeah. And now it's now again, like you're saying, it's 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 not impossible. I mean, it's just kind of hard. It's like a little bit more difficult to find, you know. Like you're like, I, I don't see six point any. Yeah, that's weird. How did that happen? Yeah, it's kind of like bands, seen, you know. Yeah. Like all of a sudden, there's just like this massive crop of you know doom yeah. metal bands and death yeah. metal bands and everything. It's yeah. kind of the same trajectory. Yeah. Oh, you you drink Newcastle. <laughs> 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 oh yeah you i know, went like oh man you listen to death heaven <laughs> yeah exactly um, yeah i went through that phase and mm -hmm. i very quickly realized that i didn't want to be that guy and i fully <laughs> i fully re-embraced heineken and miller high life and yeah you know Tecate and and mm -hmm. modello and all that stuff i like I, I love all that stuff you know yeah. i mean i'm not even above drinking bud i would you know i drink some of that stuff before I do, but yeah, I would say my default, my default beers would probably be, um, you know, a beer that really comes through in a pinch, uh, to be honest for, with you, like an oversized version of the Coors banquet bottle. I really like a okay, lot. Yeah. Uh, that's a really good idea. If you want to like, just have something to hold on to for a little bit. Um, yeah. Modelo for sure. Pacifico. I love, I like the Mexican lagers a lot. I yeah, really me do. too. I would say my one craft beer indulgence, to be honest with you, over and over again is definitely zero gravity green state, which is like a my default beer. I don't know if you've ever seen that before. I probably have. It sounds familiar. It's just a big white can with green mm -hmm. lettering on it. Uh, it's from Vermont. It's really, really okay. good. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I'll plunk down. I'll plunk down some cash for that. And see, that's the other thing, too. Like, uh, not that I'm like, you know, I'm not like Scrooge McDuck now rolling around in my, in my money vault or anything like that, but craft, craft beers, uh, it's, it's pricey. A little, it's a little expensive. <laughs> I saw, I saw a four pack for $30. Yeah. I was just uh, like, yeah, I'm just like, uh, does that come with something else other than the beer? <laughs> like, is there like, <laughs> is there like, is one can empty and there's like a giant joint in there or something? Because that's a lot of, that's a lot of money, you know? Yeah, wow. I mean, yeah, it's like vinyl too. I mean, but at least with that, like, you know, I shelled out a hundred bucks for a, a record recently, but like it came with like an art booklet with like mm -hmm. photography and a, like a bunch of other stuff. And it was like done in, in like 3D. It comes with 3D glasses. Oh, wow. Like, okay. It seems I'm like, yeah. you know what? And just and just because of the circumstances of where we're in, I, I do have some extra income. And I'm like, I should take advantage of this now because I probably won't in the future. You know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So I, uh, yeah. I definitely kind of justified that that uh, that purchase there. Yeah. So, yeah, I go through spates of um, for me, the I have to do so many labels that like I kind of have to munch on like ref, like reference constantly like, oh, I'm going to be doing a bunch of stuff that has to do with like dogs or whatever so 
then I have to run down a bunch of goofy comics, you know, like Walt Disney goofy mm -hmm. comics or something like this. Uh, so I, I'm starting to kind of swell uh, to a certain level with uh, with indulging and in, and in, in collecting comic books to to have source material. I justify it by saying, well, you know, it's part of my job. You know, I can I can write it off later. You know, stuff like that. Part of me just wants it to, you know, I'm just like, oh yeah, I, I you know, I haven't seen those in a while. It was really cool yeah. to look at those, <laughs> you know, like looking at that stuff. Um, I, see, I see your wife going back in the background. <laughs> I'm like, oh, is she like rolling her eyes every time? <laughs> she uh, <says> something. <laughs> no, she just has to get to the refrigerator to get beer. That's the only reason why she's given that face. <laughs> That's totally fair. Totally fair. Actually, yeah. I'm going to go do that real quick. I'm just going to yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah. jump back in. I'm going to ask for the same. You don't want me to drink this. All right, where was I? Um, what the hell did I do? I like deleted something in here. Now my questions are all out of order. I think we were. I think we were talking about stuff. So we can keep talking <laughs> about stuff. Like. We were talking about stuff. <laughs> You know, just stuff in general. Hey, speaking of uh, speaking of um, records and long play devices of of certain variety, I do just. I'm sure you've seen that. Oh shit! What is that? It, it's a KCBC slip pad. Ooh, that's nice. Yeah. So when it spins, the eye spin. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, that's when I when it spins, the eye spins. <laughs> Clever. Um, well, so you said that you uh you they reached out to you about um doing the artwork yeah um i had a uh, uh a friend of mine who is one of the co-owners there's three there's three owners um uh pete langell uh tony tony bellis and uh zach kinney and one of them is this dude the the student pete and he was a scientist when i first met him mm -hmm. um, yeah i remember reading that yeah and he He's like, I, he, you know, he like his thing would always be like, I kind of want to do something different, you know, because like he kind of he was like in a little bit of a buttoned up environment and he has a pretty much like his entire body covered with tattoos. So when he had to go to work, he would have to like wear he had to dress like basically essentially have to go to work like Peter Parker, where he, his his sleeves would be super tight uh, to make sure that you couldn't see his sleeves and his. He had to have his shirt buttoned all the way up to the top, um, stuff like that. And he just, he wasn't feeling it anymore. And he kind of just like gravitated towards um, eventually leaving and uh, working for a bunch of different breweries to really kind of cut his teeth and and get used to what you needed to do to, to, to brew beer correctly. Uh, I think because of his science background and bi biology, he's actually one of the few people who made really good home brew. Um, mm -hmm. I'm sure you've experienced this before where somebody's like, Hey, do you want to come over and uh, try some of my homebrew? And you're like, no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I made it in my bathtub, man. And you're like, yeah, that's why I don't want to, I don't want, I don't no, want just ivory. The, just the chilling part. Uh, I yeah, don't care. I don't want ivory soap resin and like ball hair in my beer, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But he would, when I went over to his house, he had like, he like had the, you know, the sanitized five gallon glass bottles and like uh, pressure releases and gauges and all this kind of stuff. 
so yeah, he really knew what he was doing and, um, he was making really good, uh, he was making really good homebrewed IPAs and Pilsners, um, when he was still, when he was still a science dude for at that point, he went and did that and kind of did it for close to like 10 years. I want to say maybe a little less. Um, and then he asked me, he's like, Hey, do you want to, do you want to do, do you want to, you know, do you want to do, do beer labels for the, for the brewery? You know, that's, that's how that came up. So yeah, like, like I was saying before, like it didn't come out of left field because like months before I had gotten my first assignment, he had sort of, he had sort of asked like if I was even interested in doing that. Um, mm. so yeah, like kind of, kind of came, came, came to pass that that's what I would, uh, that's what I would do for them you know, start doing beer labels. Yeah. Um, sometimes posters, uh, sometimes merch. Um, all that stuff's really kind of fickle though. Like you never really know how, uh, uh how beneficial that might be for uh, somebody that you're making artwork for. Cause it's one of those things where like, if you pick the wrong design, it just won't, people won't be interested in it kind of a thing, you know? Right. Um, so that's, that's always like a tricky, that's kind of more of a head puzzle, I would say, than, than anything like creating, like creating imagery at this point, it's actually like creating, um, things that are like appealing to people to walk away with in terms of merchandise. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's also just with the explosion of like beer can artwork too, like, yes. Yeah. And yeah. how much that, uh, that became such a pivotal part of it, you know, like, cause like I, I don't want to like rag on. It's getting noisy over there. <laughs> yeah, there's um, pretty sure some big fireworks went off. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just <laughs> no, someone just crashed. Oh, there's a car crash. Oh Somebody shit. Oh no. Oh boy. Well, we're, it's bound to about, happen. We're about to hear an even bigger noise. <laughs> oh, the car is on fire. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> Hold on one second. Hold on. <laughs> We'll be right back. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so, uh, I, there's like a, there's a couple big roads near where I live and I think people are really indulging and in running red lights. And I think that's probably what we just, that's what we just experienced. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not safe. Those cars. You gotta look out. <laughs> Yeah. So we were like, oh man, these cars are so unsafe. You know what we should do? Remove the driver and make the car drive itself. <laughs> yeah. Right. That um, should go well. Man, that, somebody... This is, this is going to be great to listen to on the playback. <laughs> <laughs> um, Holy shit. <laughs> that's wild. You should, you should definitely pitch an idea be like, Hey, a car exploded and lit on fire. You should make a beer and I'll draw an exploding car. Yeah. Burning, um, burning car. <laughs> what? Uh, what? I know what you're. Oh, we were. I, I didn't get to finish my statement about like the beer can artwork. Like it's mm. you know obviously there's like the sort of the very like um, I don't know what you would call it, but like the minimalist stuff, like other half and those kinds of breweries, you know, where they go with like the very functional minimalist design, um, repeating patterns, lights, mm -hmm. you know, kind of vibrant and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, but and not to rag on, you know, uh, like, I mean, dogfish, you know, they have their artwork, but it's not like art. Like, and I, yeah. 
I know that sounds like I'm dunking on them, but it's it, it, it's not art in the sense of like a, a can you would get from KCBC or, um, you know, Three Floyds, you know, any of those band or uh, those bands, any of those breweries, you know, Surly, um, Nightmare Brewing, all, all of them true. They, they all have like that very specific image. And now it's like it's all over the place because you know back in it was like craft beer was very kind of like you know hippy dippy for a little while like lots of like farm kind of not farm stuff but like i think of like terrapin and how they all had like turtles and Mm -hmm. some of them were farmers and some of them were picking peaches and stuff like that and you know it goes with the territory but you know now it's it's all about you know kind of like having that can artwork to really grab the, the the drinker's attention because it's not so much just Oh, let me see what's new. It's like, oh, I got to see what's like exciting, you know, mm-hmm. and to the point where you're seeing a lot of even old legacy breweries really changing up their artwork to keep it more like contemporary and 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 whatnot. I mean, I feel like even I, I don't know if it was a radical design, but I feel like even like the Stella Artois label got a little bit of a update. Yeah, uh, I'm, tr- I'm I'm struggling to st- I'm struggling. <laughs> oh, <laughs> boy. Hold on a second. Just got chaos going down the street. And it looks like the meat wagon has arrived. That's good. Um, all right, they're on the scene. Uh, you're right. I think I. Um, I don't know if I've. I don't know if I've seen the. I don't think I've actually seen the can. But like, I'm pretty sure a Pabst Blue Ribbon like now is doing like illustrative cans. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if it's like their main line beer or anything like that. But like, they're definitely they've 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 felt the the pinch to to do that. Um, and I you know I I. I do think that there's like a drift or a trend towards that. Um, uh, but then it's also a combination, like you're saying with competition, like um, KCBC uh, would not have to put on uh, a bunch of, you know, a bunch of really nice clothes and make sure their hair is really nice uh, with perfect, you know, makeup, you know, a little eyeliner or a little lip gloss to be able to, to sell their beer which is a really good beer. But the problem is, is that like at the, like when we first started, nobody really knew who they were. So in order to get noticed, you had to sort of have like a little flash attached, you know, like, uh, like the green state I was talking about, like a zero, zero gravity green state. The, 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 the beer has been around for a little bit and the, the beers in, in my opinion, green states like make some of the best loggers like in the Northeast loggers and pilsners and they don't they don't have to have like really like crazy looking artwork in order to stand out traditionally because like you're saying 25 years ago green state uh sorry zero gravity might have been one of the very few breweries in vermont it's almost like the brand attached to the brand the the look attached itself to the beer when it came out because they didn't have to compete if that makes right. sense. You no, know, that does make sense. So then it's like, so then it's frozen in time. And like KCBC, uh, K- KCBC started with, uh, you know, getting me on board uh, to work with like the, the packaging designer that they already had to like make a, uh, to make a more attractive can or a more engaging can um, because the, the, the entire surface of the beer labels consumed with artwork. It was definitely like a, 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 a smart competitive move. Um, but then also something that kind of like made the, it's it's set its brand up for itself too, in in the same way that Green State did back then, if that makes sense. Like 
Yeah. Almost sense. like a, like a snap, like a snapshot in time. Like, yeah, it's just more, more pressure, you know, like, uh, and you know, uh, some of the, some of them, some of the more basic ways for people to interact with some of these breweries initially anyway, is, uh, through digital media, you know, uh, yeah. And it's so very easy to slap that on there. It, it can't just be a photograph of a glass of beer anymore because who the hell cares about that? You know, like you have to, got to give me a little something. There's got to be some, it's got to be some spit and thunder on the, on the digital media, the interwebs. Yeah. All like the can't, the can't, like whatever it is, like can porn or whatever mm -hmm. and whatnot, you know, and it's like, it, it's kind of, it's very much like vinyl people posing it with it, whatnot. So um, I think it can get a little bit much to be perfectly honest, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, for both, you know, where it's like, you know, it's just like, holy shit, man. Like it's just a can of beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. So some of the stuff that's like very visual, like because of, because they stick, you know, I think a lot of people like peel them off and like use them as stickers, like de facto mm. stickers and stuff like that. Um, so I feel like that's uh, another way that that sort of thing. I feel like that's like another way, another way that, that it gets around. But, you know, as long as people like still kind of have like a little bit of tongue in cheek with with craft beer or like craft beer imagery, I, I would like it to stay a little on the like a little on the silly side i mean i feel like that's what kcbc does like the names are kind of silly the 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 art you know the label artwork some sometimes it can go it sometimes it can go serious and dark and stuff like that but you know there's there's levity there's levity in there as well it's very much like heavy yeah. metal like yeah. it's like kind of silly uh exterior but still taking it but taking the core of it very seriously like they're obviously like we're not fucking around when it comes to beer also you can't it's science like it's chemistry because yeah. if you don't yeah. you're gonna have exploding cans with like <laughs> raging bacteria in them and mm -hmm. it's gonna be sour and horrible and no one will like you yeah i mean like that's that's like a brewery's nightmare is we put out this amazing beer that we're so excited about oh it's all infected yeah <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that, thankfully that hasn't happened like anytime recently. Like if I was going to point back to two times in KCBC's history was really, really early on. It was uh, uh, two beers that weren't th thankfully weren't like destroyed, but like not. This is one of those beers where you're like, oh, this doesn't this tastes kind of like not this just tastes off like too young or. Yeah, like definitely too young. And there's that thing that happens with hops where it's kind of like actually stingy. Like it's kind of like yeah. spicy when you're drinking it. Um, and so uh, there was, I, I think, a, a lager or a pilsner that was like, it just had that weird like sort of like not not egg, but like slightly sulfury like smell to it. Yeah. Uh, like, a, like aroma off of it. But um, thankfully they haven't had anything like that happen uh, it's got to be like going on at least like three years now where that like three or four years now where that hasn't like that hasn't happened to one of the brews. Um, I think that's just like that comes down to management. Sometimes these places are so small that like there's a there's a there's a single like chief brewer or like a brewing manager. Mm -hmm. And if that person's just not available, like, you know, anything can happen very, very quickly and something can get contaminated like really easily. So, yeah, it's mm -hmm. a, that's a that's a bummer when that happens. Cause then you, like you're saying, you gotta pour like an entire, an entire tank out, you know? And that's, that's the, the malting kettle 
all the line that goes to it and the and the giant tank all has to be like you know drained yeah it means a lot of drunk fish um <laughs> and gators uh, yeah <laughs> and maybe this is a stacked question but what are your personal favorites that you've done for kcbc I mean, I think Beach Zombie is great. I mean, it's like a great beer and it's a great flagship for them. And just the artwork is awesome. You know, it's reminds me a ton of uh, Return of the Living Dead. If you've ever seen that, like, oh, yeah, kind of reminds me of the Tar Man. He's like, he's one of my favorite zombies. But yeah, I think that one's great. But I mean, there have just been so many. Another one was the, the Raven Dark Stout. Like that was that was one that didn't feel like the traditional KCBC sort of like tongue in cheek where it was like, no, go for like a, like an epic warrior, warrior lady type, you know, or uh, like wizard lady. Yeah. She was, uh, she's, she's one of my favorites. Uh, she, uh, I, I think what I wanted to do is I just, I really wanted to do like, well, Hey, listen, if we're going to, if we're going to do this, like it has to be, I want her to be like a, like a role-playing, like an, like, like an RPG character from, you know, like if there was a craft brew, dungeons and dragons version yeah. you know like like she she would be in there um i think that's kind of the only mindset i had but then also the name you know just raven master like automatically or raven master sorry yeah i mean just you know dark like dark dark hair uh dark background it's got to be at night um so i think sometimes a lot of a lot of the times like um the name might really actually steer the you know like steer the mood of the beer um mm. depending a lot of uh, the brewers, the main brewers, or sorry, the owners, they always very seldom do they not have something really specific in mind, uh, just in terms of direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not like, I want, uh, you know, the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man with a mohawk uh, on a scooter, you know, like they, they're never like that. It's more like, uh, well, you have a general idea, like, you know. The, the one uh, one that I just recently finished that actually is one of my favorites is Dragon Wagon. And um, uh, I think the, the, the art direction that I got on it was like, you know, dragons in a wagon. And I was like, oh, all right. So Calvin and Hobbes, um, you know, get like a Bill Watterson vibe going on with uh, them and a radio flyer, uh, a radio flyer wagon like just out of control coming right at you. That seems, that seems right. You know? Um, yeah. So it really, it really kind of depends. And it, it, the, the needle can, the, it can swing, it can swing wildly uh, in that th- there are these very distinct personalities like Tony, one of the owners, Tony's like a, I would say probably one of the biggest fans of metal um, in the brewery in that um, I'm pretty so I, sure. I, so I should talk to him. <laughs> yeah. I, I was, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure he's clocked in at like uh, pre pre COVID. I, I want to say that he was probably going to see a live show at least once a week. I mean, that kind of Maybe sounds two. like, that kind of yeah. sounds like me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, like very, yeah. Yeah. At very, least, very... at least like three a month back in the, I mean, it was wild, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it got to the point where, um, I I, th- I just think through that he just got very close with the people that run St. Vitus. I think just just out of uh, this place called St. Vitus, uh, it's like oh a, I'm a, very a familiar. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, um, and also elsewhere, which is like right around yeah, the corner. Elsewhere is right around the corner. We've actually uh, um, we've worked with them directly. We actually created some beer labels for specifically for their oh, nice. uh, for their venue, which is a lot of fun too. Yeah, because they have that really nice rooftop bar over there, so. 
sometimes sometimes the location will actually inspire uh, the beer label artwork, which is kind of cool to see. Because like you, you don't know what's going to shake loose. Like right. I, I just I I didn't know what elsewhere was until I went over there and I was like, oh, this place is pretty crazy. Kind of cavernous, like a bunch of different a bunch of different vibes in different spot uh, different parts of the building. It's fun fun to use my stupid imagination to come up come up with ideas that like suit this this very specific space which is kind of uh kind of some something that i didn't like you know there's like no training for that or anything like that you just kind of kind of like feel your way through it and in a way nothing nothing's really wrong you know because mm -hmm. it's yours because you know because it's yours and if somebody says yes then that's the <laughs> that's the beginning and the end of the of the creative process you know like oh yeah this is it you know it's uh, we're going to call it um, it's a it's a beer that's on the roof. So we're going to call it we're going to call it high altitude and it's going to be like a snowman monster. And that's it. Done. Boom. Did you do uh, the artwork for the behemoth beer? I did not. Uh, I just, they, I, I'm on the website and it just popped up. <laughs> yeah, they um, they've actually partnered directly with um, uh, some bands for stuff, which is uh, mm -hmm. exciting. They do uh, uh, gate creeper. Yeah uh gate creeper puts a logger out with them uh behemoth i think has done stuff with kcbc like twice now maybe three times oh wow or maybe just maybe just twice i can't remember i think they might have put out two beers with them yeah so that's that's kind of that's kind of cool and that gives tony the opportunity he's like you know again these like work related things like oh well i get i guess i get to go to like the i guess i go to the get to go to like the, the Philly con for like these big metal shows down there, you know, like, so, mm. <laughs> so that's where he goes for the weekend or whatever. Um, yeah. Well, I, uh, one obviously that I think leans very much into this podcast is the marble of doom mm. uh, sour, which is yeah. like, it's, it's pretty simple. It's just a coiled red, like adder, a snake, mm -hmm. yeah. um, but it works. It's striking. It's red. Uh, and it's real. it just, it's cool. It's, it's really cool. And another one I just saw was the, the, and it kind of reminded me of the, the Baron Ruin one was the, the science project. I didn't catch the name of it, but it has like that kind of similar mask. And then there's just like a bunch of fruit and hops plugged into it. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Science, science fair, uh, science fair, science fair project or science fair exhibit, I think. So, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. That was, that was, uh, that was a fun one. Boy, if you could see the sketches that were not approved for that one. <laughs> <laughs> that's always like a, that's a fun game to go through for sure. Kind of something that pushes you uh, to not really necessarily to, to, to do better work or anything, but just to kind of come up with a more concise idea, I guess, overall. Right. That's a, a fun process to go through. Sometimes it can get really grueling, but not, not most times. Usually it's like you go through a, through a round of sketches and something something catches somebody's eye, you know. Mm -hmm. um, we've gotten pretty used to working together too, so they're a little bit more uh, trusting of uh, <laughs> what right. they're going to get, what what the result will be. Like, well, you guys know what this looks like because I've already, you know, I've done some. At this point, I've done something similar to probably anything they want. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, so that that makes it easier to communicate, a little bit easier to communicate in that way for sure. Um, um, trying to think of other favorite ones of mine. Uh, well, I, uh, so probably the Savage Crush is like a sour that they did with, that's got like a, a black Jaguar, like in the jungle. Um, I love the brain on hop yeah. series. Uh, the brain on hop series really 
is like a lot of fun to do um because it's just like a rotating background it's just that guy with a melting head mm-hmm. um with hops coming out of it um and then you can kind of just like he has sort of like this rolodex reality behind him which is you know kind of fun to experiment with now it's gotten to the point where that beer's comes out so often that there's almost like this sort of like acid trip backdrop that just keeps changing <laughs> um you know, like there's not really any, now there's really no rhyme or reason to it. It's just like weird shit that's going on behind him. That's a fun one to do. It's just a little bit more abstract, I would say. Yeah. And I, I think I'd be remiss if we didn't mention the Morbid Hour uh, beer. Oh yeah. The Morbid Hour. Yeah. Yeah. That was a really, uh, it's funny. That was actually a really early one. The, the six most metal, uh, the six most metal breweries. Yeah. Familiar with I, them. I, yeah. I want to say, I want to I think that might be like under 20. I think that might be one of like the actual first KCBC labels that I did. Wow. That's a really, really early one. I, I, I love that label for sure. But like, you know, you know, I'm sure you have this experience with anything you work on where you're like, oh, that one, you know, because like it's, <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of the really early ones. And, and at this point, you've seen it so many times that you're like, all you can see is its flaws. You know, you're just like, eh. Yeah, I, I, I did that recently yeah. where I, I had to go back and listen to a couple of episodes, um, even in one as recently as last November, but I did another mm-hmm. one like in March and I'm like, oh my God, the audio sounds like shit. I didn't have the microphone. I wasn't using, I don't think I was using this setup yet. And, you know, just how how much of like, I'm trying to sound like a, like a journalist, you know, just <laughs> with questions and to not... <laughs> you know, just to not feel so uh, rigid about things, like to mm-hmm. be like very intimidated. And, you know, you, you, you learn quickly that there's a lot of people in this, in this scene that you don't need to feel intimidated by them. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, they're, they're talking, they know exactly what they're doing. They're promoting something or they're coming on a show, you, whatever it is. So it, it's, it is wild to, to go and compare that and be like, Oh man, I really, could have done this so much better, but yeah, it was a learning experience. Oh, totally. Yeah. 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 I mean, you have to look at all your ugly, you got to look at all your ugly kids, whether you want to or not. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're there. Yeah. So just like Seinfeld. You know, yeah. Like, Oh, that one's got a, a wonky eye. That's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that was going to happen. I, I don't know. Oops. <laughs> Maybe I had too much to drink that night or something. I'm not really... <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the, that uh, I would say the more, yeah, the morbid hour was really fun for me because it, it actually like got me to sort of like revisit, um, like going back in my mind and like, Oh, you know, people that you're like really like inspired by when you're like people that you're inspired by when you're younger. So like the, the theater stuff I talked about and the comic book stuff I talked about, like, there's also like those, like the, the original, like Ed Repka, um, Megadeth, like yeah. albums or, you know, when you're younger, like, uh, when you, when I was younger in comic book shops, that was kind of the really nice part about them is it wasn't just comic books and like toys. It was also role-playing game. And because they sold posters, they also sold metal posters. So even if you weren't, even if you weren't really into those things, they were kind of there and they sort of had an influence on you anyway. So, and they're all about the same shit. It's all about <laughs> the same stuff, you know? So seeing Derek Riggs, like Iron Maiden posters at a very young age, mm-hmm. uh, my sister being like 15 or 16, let's put it this way. She was old enough to go to take herself to 
uh, a Def Leppard concert that the opening act was Dio in like 1983 or something like that. So she had all that. She had all that shit. She had the great posters and like the kids that she hung out with had the extra wide, you know, Hawaiian deck skateboards with like all the metal stickers, uh, metal stickers, rock and roll stickers, like on the, on the bottom side of it. Um, so sort of being exposed to all that stuff too, you know, like right alongside the, right alongside like really crazy theater fabrication, uh, costumes, um, comic books, uh, really early heavy metal poster art, really early heavy metal um, uh, LP, you know, like record, like record, like the records themselves with like mm -hmm. the, the inside, the inside the, sheet, the, the protector, the gatefold. The, the, yeah, yeah. The big giant gatefold with like stupid As, shit up, yeah. you know. Yeah. As I've said uh, before, like, you, uh, you know, looking at vinyl artwork, you really don't appreciate it just looking at it like on a computer you know, or in an, in an encyclopedia of it. Mm -hmm. Like when you get it, it's like, like I never really took the time to look at uh, like the Holy Mountain cover, but like, there's all just like a bunch of shit like in there, like mm -hmm. a pot leaf or like some mm -hmm. kind of like angelic being and stuff. Like, you, you know, I'm like, oh, there's, there's like a whole bunch of stuff in here. It's not just a bunch yeah. of like, random lines and whatnot, you know? So like <laughs> you really, you really grow to appreciate it, you know, because it becomes an extension of the music and it's, it's uh, obviously it's artwork and you can tell like there was time and labor put into it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's there, it's there. Uh, it's there. I, I don't, um, I don't know exactly how to explain it, but like, it's there, it's there with you, I guess. And like, even if the, even if the artist, well, in my opinion, it would be like a, it would be a luxury for the artist to actually hear the entire record done and cut and ready and to have that person work on the artwork, like right. after all that process. Um, so, it would be very, it would be very, it would be, yeah, it would be very fortunate if that were possible. Um, and even if there was, even if the person had like a vague idea of like what was on the record, it's actually kind of nice to see it translated and, and it being, it being present with you. So you can sit with it, open it up, like you're saying, flip it over, examine it, you know, like, I don't know, there's just some, something really nice. It's like a, it's like giving yourself like a, giving yourself a moment to like, to, to, but, you know, by default, come in contact with uh, something that you ordinarily wouldn't like look at or 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 see or think about. Because, like for me, like a like visual guy, obviously, like a, a visual artist or whatever. But I know there are people that like they're that's like not their main point of interest. But like, still, they are being and they they still are being like uh, at least momentarily affected because they if they like the music and they're looking at the artwork there's a connection there uh, and they have, they do have that moment where for, you know, a little, a little, a little portion of their life, they actually like do, they, they do concentrate on what, what color things are or what, you know, like what the line art looks like or whatever, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. whatever it might be like people, people might not be huge art, you know, art, art people or whatever, but uh, Doug Johnson's, Judas Priest record covers are going to like make a dent in your head, even if you don't. Oh yeah. You know, even if, even if you don't realize that that's happening. Cause it's and just so like just insane and over the top and ridiculous and it's bright and it's big. And you know, it's like, yeah. even it's like, even like ELP, like Tarkus, mm -hmm. like it's like, mm -hmm. this is ridiculous. It's a fucking robotic armadillo fighting <laughs> some weird Greek mythology monster. Mm -hmm. And the music is insane, but you're like, 
but this is still pretty neat. <laughs> like someone drew yeah. all this stuff. Like somebody yeah. did a bunch of acid and drew all this yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, you might like, um, we're doing a KCBC series now where it's like animals, uh, animals coming in contact with each other. So like mm -hmm. uh, we've only done two so far. The first one is, um, the first one is uh, uh, snakes and vultures. And the second one is bats and scorpions. And like, <laughs> it's just the two of them, like, kind of like banging heads so like mm -hmm. it's like a robotic snake versus a dead vulture and then you know a robot scorpion versus a, a zombie bat you know like st stuff like that um that's that sounds pretty rad kind of kind of fun to work on because it's very uh again like very it's very direct but then within that because you know that there's uh there's like a history there's a there's a history of artwork that you can tap into to mm -hmm. to speak the language so people understand you know what I mean? Like you don't have to like invent a new way of talking every single time you want to try to do something visually because right. people, because, because people have seen um, album art for years and years or the weird van that one of your uncles has like a strange airbrush on the side of or whatever. Like you've seen that, like, you know, yeah. you know what that is. Like you understand what that is and then you see it again and you know, you're just like, Oh yeah. Like, I, you know, makes, it just makes that little connection in your head. You know, like, I, yeah, I've seen that before. I know what that means, you know, mm -hmm. looks cool. Totally. Uh, uh, if I could get a badass out of uh, somebody, that's always really nice to hear. <laughs> it seems to be like the de facto yeah. compliment. Like, Dude, yeah. badass. Yes, badass, bro. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. Uh, and, Did you have I mean a specific that. record that helped you cross over to, to metal? So for me, uh, so for me, it's probably going to be like really, uh, for me, it's probably going to be really early. Um, I, I would say there's probably at this point, there's probably people that like, wouldn't even really think of those records as like metal records. Mm -hmm. Um, um, uh, I would say like, like in terms of recent metal records, like when I say recent, of course, I mean like, you know, late nineties, early two thousands or whatever. I didn't realize that like fuzz metal, like, like, uh, like really slow, hairy yeah. metal, like had made such a, had had made such a progression. Um, so I think, uh, there's a band from England called Gonga that did some stuff that I really liked. I don't know how many records they put out, maybe like Gonga. three or four. Gonga, Gonga or Gonga, G-O-N-G-A. I've heard I really, of Gong, but I've never heard of Ganga. Yeah, is it Ganga? Am I making it up? Yeah, no, Ganga. They have a Wikipedia page, English oh. stoner metal band. Yeah. From the late uh, 90s. Yeah. The first record I heard from them, uh, I really I really enjoyed it. I, I really like listening to that record because uh, it had been a while since I had heard that kind of music, I guess. Yeah, there's a record called... Uh, just make sure it's the right place yeah. uh yeah it's a 2004 album um it's just self-titled ganga came out mm -hmm. in 2000 came out in 2004 um i would say that was like a that was kind of a that was one that kind of like um got me to listen to uh, a little bit more metal than i had been and i actually had a co-worker this dude named pete uh who is a guitarist in a local metal band called um pete rasa yeah, uh, called that. <laughs> Dude, man, yeah, the world is small. I, I yeah. know Pete. I know God. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah so, yeah, so uh, he, so Pete really exposed me to like a lot of uh, a lot of music, 
Um, did you work at Did you work at the college together? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we would just um, like every time every time we were around, it would just be like on like on in the background. So I would just like it would be playing, and I'd be like, Pete, what is this? You know, and he'd tell me, and I'd be like, Yeah, never. I have never heard of that band before. This is really good. Um, so that was that was kind of nice to have like a yeah like a curated uh, a felt like a filtered radio station for metal coming through him. Um, and he knows his shit. Yeah, he's got really yeah he really like he just knows a lot about he just knows a lot about music in general. Um, and yeah, always always something always something interesting on. Um, uh, in the background or him or him going to have seen somebody or uh, playing, you know, playing out with somebody. Um, yeah. Uh, actually really kind of like a little bit of a little bit of a cheat sheet for me, I suppose, like being able to, <laughs> to kind of get these like, Oh, this might be, you know, this, this might be some really, some really good stuff that like is being put out like right now, you know? Um, I'm going to check out this Ganga band. Yeah. They, they did it. <laughs> They did actually. They I see here they did a cover of Black Sabbath with Beth Gibbons from Portishead. Yes, That's pretty. Yeah, bad. yeah, yeah. I love I love Portishead. They're an amazing band. Yeah. Uh, who else? Uh, Sword, I guess, was probably in there. Uh, yeah. Uh, Sword was big for me in college. Yeah, and then uh, there was like this era. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was people I was with or whatever. But like Mastodon was like a really like. Yeah, Mastodon was, was just huge. A really, really big, big draw, uh, and and great artwork too. Uh, some of their T-shirts are really, really cool looking. Um, uh, what's another band? It's got a really weird name. It's like uh, uh, Abominable, Abominable Sloth Monster. <laughs> <laughs> that that does sound like a fucking doom metal band. Uh, I'm probably butchering it right now, but I think it's something like that. Abominable, abominable sloth iron, uh, the abominable iron sloth. Yeah, there that you sounds go. Sounds like it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Similar to I hate God, acid bath, iron monkey, Melvin's. Yeah, I saw yeah. Tony at the Melvin at the at a Melvin's show. I think like last two years ago. Oh, nice. I, I saw. Yeah. I was like, I know who that is. <laughs> There's only one person who has that white of fucking hair. In, yeah. Uh, in, yeah. In yeah. He's, he's a, uh, he's a comic book character on his own beer label. And, uh, he, he might know this. He might not. Um, my name for his, her, for his character is Silverface, just cause you know, that's <laughs> that the makes first sense. thing you think of immediately, you know? Um, yeah, he, uh, He's yeah, he's another dude too who like uh every time I'm every time I talk to him, like I'll I'll tell him what I'm listening to and he'll tell me what he's listening to. So that's always a, a fun exchange to go back and forth with too, for sure. Uh yeah, it's always it's always a lot, it's like a lot easier when you have people that have their feet in different worlds, for sure, you know. Uh just so you can kind of like there's a ton of things that I would miss otherwise, you know. Like is, is there is there like a is there like a like a chronology or a story to like the KCBC artwork because there's obviously re recurring characters and and stuff like that and sometimes they cross over like do they have anything like written or do they are they just like <laughs> oh no we're just letting this can artwork tell this insane story it's fine yeah the insane story thing I think is probably um, 
uh, I think I had this conversation about year, maybe like the beginning of the begin. Oh, sorry, the end of year two, the beginning of year three, uh, with me and KCBC, where I was like, I'm just trying really hard to, uh, to to make every label like a comic book cover. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, so, like some kind of context or reference to something that uh, uh, is is like known or familiar, I guess. Right. Uh, to be able to try to, to be able to try to, to try to tell that story to see if it can like spark some sort of a narrative, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and we have talked about uh, the penguin, there's a penguin series. I don't know if you've seen those. It's like, um, it's like penguins take Manhattan, uh, penguins in space, uh, penguins in hyperspace. <laughs> um, you know stuff like that, and yeah. if I if I was gonna pick, if I was going to pick a a a KCBC world in order to to make a comic book out of, I think it would probably be that because I, I I feel like that one's ready for a cartoon. Um, so I, I am kind of like I am thinking that in the back of my head, um, and the series the series things is the series stuff. I think is literally like. If the guys really like something, they just want to keep replicating it, you know, or the like you're saying, the the the, the beach zombie now has gotten to the point where now he's kind of jumped out of wandering on the beach or like wandering in a crowd or something like that. Uh, there's the um, the uh, what's it called? It's like um, zombie apocalypse. Uh, uh, sorry, breakfast zombie apocalypse. And it's like mm -hmm. the it's the character's head. Um, in an acai bowl and um, he's just like covered in fruit. Uh, so that, that, <laughs> that zombie has now jumped like into like, into him being his own um, set, like setting up his own world. Um, and it's funny you mentioned, uh, it's funny you mentioned one of the dead movies in that um, the zombie and the zombie character is definitely inspired by uh, Ed from Shaun of the Dead. Uh, I don't know if you can see it. If you look at him, he's got like oh, a big, dead, dead big, Ed. Uh, yeah, Ed. Yeah, when he's when Ed is at the end, when Ed is dead. Yeah, yeah, or <laughs> like undead the, in, rather. Yeah, undead in the tool shed. Yes, um, undead yeah. in the tool shed. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that could be a that could be a new uh, brew you guys make. Undead right? in the tool shed. Undead in the tool shed. That's good. Rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Ho oh. Hopefully not off your shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> um. And yeah, the beach zombie. The uh, speaking of uh, origin stories or whatever, the beach zombie. <clears throat> the beach zombie was a. I think it was a painting I did in two thousand five, two thousand four. Um, it was just like a, a an old painting that I had done um, of just a, a zombie kind of just wandering down the beach by himself at night. So that's how that, that's how that got started. Sort of inspired by, that that singular painting, made made the owners imagine uh, that zombie being another being in another location over and over again. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. He's yeah. like, a, he is a, he's a good in a interchangeable character. Yeah. He's the Travelocity <laughs> gnome. Of, uh, of <laughs> of yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Showing up in all the wrong places, you know, or all the right places, depending on how you feel about zombies, I guess. My you stomach, know? my liver, my <laughs> liver. Ultimately. Is that what's going it, to, it's just going to rise up. It's yeah. Come out. It's eventually. Come out of you. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just turn into it. I'll, I've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you listen to music when you do your artwork? And have you been what have you been listening to recently, if you have? Or do you keep them separate? 
so usually it's a combination of uh, it's a combination of uh, music or podcast. Um, I would say I want to say like probably like an even split. And um, mm-hmm. I have a got myself a, a nice little record player set up, which I think has really helped during the pandemic. Uh, yeah, um, I listen to a ton of records. Yeah, they re- it really come. It really does come in handy for sure. Um, it just kind of like puts you in a different mindset. Um, mm-hmm. And it also gives you a reason to get up. I don't know if you. I don't know if you do like as light as really. Yeah, no, I, I I can see it. I mean, I yeah, yeah. I work I worked remotely for a period of time during the pandemic, and yeah. yeah, it's just like you're sitting there, you're glued to your desk. I'm doing my work nine to five. Oh, I can't. It's just it's like no, you, you got to get up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> May as well change the record. Yeah, totally. Um, and for in terms of music that I'm listening to right now, I just picked up a. a a Cocteau Twins record, um, uh, Heaven or Las Vegas, that uh, just came in the mail like the other day. So I've, I listened, I've been listening to that. Um, I got some old blues records um, recently that I'm really kind of into too. I, 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 I kind of like these, like, um, I like to listen to these records that like do have a really uh, pretty good extended play on it. And it's just like something that I can really kind of fall into and forget about um, yeah. in the background. So that, so those are probably like kind of those are like the records, pretty much like the records I listen to um, when I'm when I'm working, like just like a lot of instrumental stuff, jazz, uh, jazz records, stuff like that. Um, I can't really listen to like a lot of high energy stuff because I actually start getting distracted and like sweaty. <laughs> I guess, you know, like you're just like, why do I feel like why do I feel like all cagey, you know? Yeah. Uh, and you realize like, oh, it's it's the music. I want to like you're I, getting like, amped. Yeah, like I want to run down the street, not not sit here and do artwork. <laughs> so I have to kind of like be I think that's why the I think I think to be honest, I think that's why it's a combination between podcasts and, and albums. Because the podcast really can has like has like a calming effect when you need to work on like some really like more concise aspects of the of the label the label art process, especially in the coloring mode. Um, I do like to, uh, in the coloring mode, it's like a lot easier because you don't, it's not tactile. So you don't have to worry about how you're drawing. So that those are the times where you can like, I can drink and work or like smoke weed and work. um, And it's just like, doesn't, it doesn't like affect it. Actually, it probably enhances it a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, that's the good thing about artwork. Like those kinds of things don't, you know, negatively affect what you're doing. It's not like driving a fork truck where you're like, oh yeah, everything was fine until, you know, I drove through the side of the warehouse with my, with my fork truck. <laughs> because I had been sampling too many of the, uh, of the brews. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I don't have really any other questions. So if there's anything you want to plug, now's your time to do it. Drink KCBC beer when you can. <laughs> and go visit. If, well, I yeah. guess, you know, obviously, like, within reason. Yeah. Yeah, the tap room's open. Uh, so, yeah, uh, definitely swing by for sure. Um, drink, drink some beer. Try to try to drink locally, such as yourself. Uh, and, and Sarah, like, definitely, uh, Sarah, just, like, like locally support, uh, supporting your local artist, I think, is really a great thing to do. And, like, I'm glad it. I'm glad it uh, has results that turned into what you have now uh, on your wall. A little jealous, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, and don't litter. Yeah, don't litter. 
Uh, drink KCBC beer. Don't litter. Support local artists. <laughs> drink KCBC beer. Recycle yeah. the, beer, the KCBC beer cans. That would be good. Even if you, if you crush them on your forehead, I'm sure the recycling community would probably really be into that because it's like a lot easier to store automatically. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, do that. <laughs> you know, awesome. That's all I have to plug. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on. This was really fun. I had a great yeah. time chatting and, you know, obviously big thanks again for the, for the amazing artwork. You know, yeah. I, I think it's great. We haven't framed it just yet, just because we have been, uh, you know, We've been kind of working on the the move, well, and but we will uh, move uh, move plus what you have to do plus the plague. Yes, um, I'm sure framing a piece of artwork is probably a little lower on the list of things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> executed. Yeah, you'll, so, you'll but get it, it'll get yeah. it'll get there, and it'll get a nice it'll get a nice uh, Instagram post when it nice. does. Hell yeah, I'm into so, it. Thank you again, Earl. Um, yeah, stay safe. Man. Maybe one of these days. If possible, uh, I mean, you seem like a, I, your head looks great on the little screen here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't met you. You're like, I really I, need to know, do yeah. you have legs? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't met you IRL, whatever the hell that means at this point in, in, in our society. Uh, but maybe we could go see a show or something or hang out and have some beers for sure. Abs yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like once, right. once this move once this happens, if it happens, I hope it happens. Yeah. I would. Uh, yeah. Hey, all you listeners out there, stay tuned for updates because uh, <laughs> you'll know. Um, yeah, definitely. We'll 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 figure it out. Uh, we'll yeah. meet up. We'll have some brews. And yeah, I mean, I miss shows greatly, and I am very excited for the day that I can go back to to one in a, yeah. in a safe environment. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, Same here. but until then, stay safe and all that jazz. May the may the Schwartz be with you. <laughs> that that'll do it for this chapter of the diary. Yeah. All right. <laughs>
Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, I remember the first time that got canned, uh, it got, they put the kibosh on it because they didn't have the, they didn't know exactly how to keep the can from exploding when it was, <laughs> when it was, yeah, <laughs> when it was kept I, out I of like, those. yeah, it's like if it leaves room temperature, I'm sorry, if it, uh, if it's refrigerated and then like gets left out, uh, things start to populate inside the can and then the, and then the can pops open or like so they've exploded yeah, on yeah, shelves yeah. and stuff like that, but they solved that. Uh, but yeah, that was the first, the first time they canned a sour that definitely happened. Yeah, for sure. Um, I got a beer from a brewery around here and it had like this, some kind of fruit. I have no clue what it is, but like this, like some kind of like dark, sort of, I guess like a fig type fruit, something like that. And mm. it was or it was like an African fruit or something, yeah. but I guess it ferments really quick. So I didn't know. So I had the beer in here and we were just, we were asleep and all of a sudden we just heard <laughs> and we were like, what was that? And like, we just yeah. didn't get out of bed because we were like, I guess something just fell. It's fine. Yeah. And then uh, I get up the next day and I'm like, oh, shit, the beer exploded. But only one of them did. So I emailed them and they were like, oh, we get them right in the fridge. Like, we, you know, I'm sorry that that happened. So just come by and we'll reimburse you for like, oh, no. Then we came back and another one had exploded and actually like launched beer like all over my wall. So uh, I was like, they're like, oh, we'll reimburse you for that. No problem. Mm -hmm. But I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Got to look out, man. You lose an eye that way, right? 